Hey there, this is Julie from Blended Life. Thank you for taking the time to download this episode of our podcast. I hope you find value in it. The truth is though, sometimes you need more than a podcast can offer to get unstuck and find peace in your blended family life. The struggle is real. So this is a personal journey I've been on for years, seeking peace in circumstances and with people I can't control. Becoming Heard was born out of this quest. As a certified life and health coach, I am passionate about helping others just like you and me free themselves from chronic upset and chronic crisis mode. Right now, I'm offering Blended Life listeners a one-on-one free breakthrough session with me. This call will give you clarity to see if coaching is right for you. Take advantage of this opportunity now by emailing me at becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I can't wait to connect with you. Hey everyone, I am Eric. This is my wife, Julie. We are the Blended Life, and tonight we're gonna stop fighting. Or who's someone's gonna stop fighting? Who's gonna stop fighting? Are we fighting? No, I but didn't that's know the we title. Were fighting. Stop fighting. Oh, that's the title of the podcast. Yeah, because I feel like you <laughs> wrote a lot about everyone fighting. I wrote about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So tonight we're just talking about um, some emails we received and um, messages on Facebook that we received and. Um, we're happy to talk to what you guys want to share and what you guys are curious about or which is, Oh, all the things. Oh my gosh. Hey guys, we have a podcast. We're blended family podcast and we're going to be podcasting about stuff. (laughs) Anyways. All right. Well, let's just jump in then. Or do we have to say everything? I mean, we're a minute in people would like to know what this is going to be about. I think. All right, so, well, these are repeated topics, but I think we have new perspectives. So, when you're fighting in your marriage about how your spouse treats your child. Oh. You know, when your spouse is more of a friend to their child than parent. Oh. Should non-custodial parents help pay for big ticket items for their kids such as cars, college, Disneyland, when they're also paying child support. Like, does that, and, um, we had someone ask about more specific details about dating when you have kids and like what things like sleepovers look like specifically. Okay. So there's a lot of things. I know we've touched on all of this before, but, um, I think each time, like, you know, when you read a book and you read or the Bible or you read something. Or you listen to a podcast. And every time you read it, it you get something new from it. You know, you, you pull a new perspective or it makes you consider a new thing. And I think that's important when we rediscuss issues. Um, and so it's not repetitive. But him and I often will have like a new aha moment. Or And I change my mind daily. He's a chick. What? Like girls. I only tucked it back that one time. (laughs) So anyway, I think that talking about the same thing over and over again is a great way to rethink and bring a new perspective to an old issue that is very common. All these issues are very common in blended families from beginning to when your kids are out of the house. So, yeah. Almost there. 
<laughs> it's never ending. Um, okay, so how to stop fighting and arguing in your marriage over how your spouse treats your child. How to protect your son or daughter when their feelings are hurt over the difference in treatment between them and their step-siblings. And I am going to read this because <clears throat> that's a very generalized topic, but this is a very specific situation, and I want to honor that. Is that okay? Okay. It's just long, so everyone I, I, hang tight. I, I see that. Um, I'm, our main issues and fights are over how he treats my son. I'm not okay with it. My son doesn't have his bio dad in his life, so my boyfriend has been his only father figure since he was two. And I think he is five now, so three years. Um, it's also important that the stepfather here has a bio daughter okay. who is seven in the house. So five and seven? Mm-hmm. And then they have a baby together. Okay. So there's his, hers, ours in this, in this situation. Yeah. Okay. My son calls him dad and loves him, but my boyfriend makes a lot of differences with him and with his daughter. In treatment, in discipline, in affection, in gifting, in everything, my son sees that difference already and asks, why is dad like this only with me? My boyfriend often gets frustrated with my son, who has ADHD, for being bratty. When he wants to hold me or read him a book at night or, or if he wants me to sit with him to watch some TV. He constantly tells him to get off the titty and often hurts his feelings. And that often hurts his feelings. But when it comes to his seven-year-old daughter, he does all those same things and more that she does with her son that he gives her a hard time about. Okay, that gives him a hard time about. If I tell my boyfriend he is, if I tell my boyfriend this, he says, well, he's a boy. I ain't going to treat him the same way. And I understand that, but it hurts my feelings when he, when he hurts my son's feelings. It is a constant argument about this. And I feel like after so much, he's starting to resent my son because he says it's his fault that our relationship is getting damaged. My son is not manipulative in any way, and he's very loving, caring, and loves his dad. He just doesn't understand the difference between the treatment towards his stepsister and him. Also, my boyfriend being the only father figure in his life does most of the discipline with my son. We do parenting together, but discipline is mostly him. But if the kids do something bad, it's similar. The punishment is oh, do something bad, and it's similar. The punishment is always towards my son and not towards his daughter. He says that's because my son does it a hundred times and his daughter only does it twenty, and that he can't be equal because of it. He keeps saying that it's very hard for him to that his feelings nothing he. It's very hard for him that he feels nothing he does is enough for me and that he feels sad our relationship is getting so damaged by this. I really want to make it better, but I don't know how to move on from this and for it not to bother me. I really love him and I know he won't ever leave or love my son 
I know he won't ever love my son the way he loves his daughter. I just wish he wouldn't make the difference so obvious that a five-year-old can pick up on it. I've talked to him a million times and he gets sad or frustrated or upset and I don't feel like he understands me. So a lot going on. Yeah. There. But right from the get-go, like I start putting myself in her shoes and his shoes. And the way I see this, and again, I could be totally wrong on this, but I treat my son and my daughter completely different. And I and not to take sides here, but he might be toughening up this little boy because he is the father figure. He is dad in this relationship. The little kid looks up to him as dad. And I think the kid's there enough. He doesn't have his father figure. The kid's there enough that her boyfriend feels like this is his son. I mean, there's, there becomes a point where it's like this kid's around enough that your instincts kick in. And, you know, if he cares about him at all, he cares about him completely, you know. And um, I'm going off of what... I have done in the past and I punish my son a lot differently than I ever punished my daughter. I have given him more rules and regulations and punishments thousands of times more than I have done to my daughter. You're softer with, with your daughter when you care about them. And that's just, uh, that's just coming from a dad's perspective and point of view. Whereas like you want your son to, conform a little better you want your son to man up a little bit more you want your son to learn those lessons um quicker so they can be men gentlemen you know and and kind of abide by you know the man law of you know being being you know being stronger being wiser um you know you just want them to get a little more where is with your daughter you're a little bit softer you are a little bit you know, you've they've got you wrapped around their finger a little bit more. Does that make any sense? And as for the titty comment, I would teach your son to say there's two. We can each have one. <laughs> Just kidding. For <laughs> real. But silly, though. <laughs> that would be so funny coming from a five-year-old. He's like, get your own. <laughs> okay. And that is how our house is ran. <laughs> um, yeah. I get that. I like... I think that, I don't know. I mean, I can't, I don't know. I have so much to say. Per but, usual. Right. Um, right. Would, would you not agree, though, like like maybe she is seeing, maybe she is seeing this as black and white. She is seeing this as her daughter, or sorry, her son and his daughter. That's how she's looking at this. That is how she writes this. That Well, and that's what even made me, like, it kind of clicked right off the right off the beginning of that. I'm like, it's it's not, um, and he sees them as all our and, kids. Yeah, and he's and he's trying to raise them differently. And again, I'm kind of going to my to my personal. I mean, because technically, if you guys know, you know, my daughter is biologically not my daughter. Mm-hmm. I raised her. I raised my son. And I think that's something else that needs to be like clarified like we don't have to discipline her because she doesn't live with us she, she lived with me for a long time though she lived with me for seven years for right seven years so but the, before but, that so i don't so that's right. what i'm like i don't have a reference point because when it comes to your daughter we've never 
It's been in like Disneyland household. dad ho- here. Yeah. yeah. And that's it. But that's just because she doesn't do, she doesn't live with us. She doesn't do life with us really. Right. Like, and so, but I do know that you have seven years of experience of, of one-on-one with her, yeah, you know, as being a hundred percent father figure. And, and it was different for you. And it was different. I was, I was softer and kinder to her because she was my baby girl. She was my daughter, mm-hmm. you know, is my daughter, but she, you know, at, she, she was my, she's softer, you know? Yeah. Well, and she, I think that dad's default to the moms when it comes to girls. And I even see that with my ex-husband, you know, with my kid's father, he's stepping up and stepping in and being, you know, he's take, kind of taken the reins with my son, but our son, but he kind of lets me have the reins more with our daughter. Right. And I'm thinking maybe that's just what dads do um, naturally. I think it's a natural thing. I don't think he's doing it intentionally. And again, I'm just speaking from his experience here, but it's one of those things where you're like, I, I get it, you know? And I think, I think if, if she stops looking at it as black and white and she starts looking at it as gray, you know, this, these are our children and that's the way he sees mm-hmm. that. Her, the, the son is different than the daughter. The son behaves differently than the daughter there's For there's sure. going to be different things i mean the son looks at you differently than your daughter looks at you you know they love on you differently it's just it's personalities it's characteristics it's just it's the nature of the beast mm-hmm. and we as dads i mean i personally i discipline my son so much I, I there's some of the ways i discipline my son that i would never do or say to you know to my daughter does that make sense? Like we yeah. have, we have some conversations that I would, I wouldn't dare say to, you know, your daughter, you know, raising, but I would say to your son, you know, I, I discipline, discipline him and scold him differently than I would discipline and scold your daughter. Yeah. You know? I'm thinking as you're saying that as a dad perspective, I'm thinking of like the mom perspective and I do think it's different too. Like I, I mean, discipline, what works for one kid doesn't work necessarily for the other kid for sure never mind gender just because they're different personalities and different wiring in their brain and things like that but I'm like when it comes down to it I feel like I'm as stern with I feel like I'm stern with both equally I just don't have to be as much with one than I do the other but I feel like I do I treat them different I'm just curious from like a mom's perspective like you do I do. You totally do. Interesting. You you nurture one more than you do the other. Well, one's older though. Is yeah. that because they don't need it more? I no. don't know. It's just it's no, interesting because, to me. Because at one point in time, one wasn't older than the other. At one point in time, you know, one was at the exact same point in life as the other one is now. Mm. And they get treated differently at those points. Interesting. But they are both two totally different kids. Right. I would discipline and do discipline your daughter at the age that she's at differently than I discipline my daughter when she was at that age. Does that make sense? Yeah. But they're two totally different daughters. Yeah. You know? And I think that's something that you need to keep perspective about. I think that... That kids are just different and discipline looks different for all kids because they're all nuts in their own way. Um, but I was a kid once. <laughs> you still are. <laughs> so. um, 
But I think that it's hard when your child is hurt by your spouse. I think that is something that, I mean, for women, that I think men don't, I mean, I don't know if men get their feelings hurt that much. It's harder to do. We do. We just do differently. You do differently. Yeah. But I think that it touches us on a different level, like a maternal level when you, when our, when our child gets their feelings hurt by our spouse who's not biologically their father. And I think that if you can't get there mentally, like I think that always stays with you. That is something that as much as people want to say blended families and the goal is to blend and everyone's treated equal and we all love each other like biological, like that's that seems to be the unicorn that everybody wants. But I think no matter what, no matter how well blended you are, I think you always have in the back of your head, this is not your child. Yeah. On some and, and level. I like guess on some level, but when the you start blending. Yeah, but when you start blending and you start blending like that, like for those seven years, mm-hmm. it got to the point where you don't think about that. You don't remember But that. I'm saying in this situation, this situation in though, her mind, it seems like, and I think in most situations, mm-hmm. 90% of people would have that in the back of their head. And that's why they can't let it go. But also, is that what's heightening this? Is your, you know, and I don't know, I'm just, I'm speculating, but is your kid really, really feeling this way and calling this out 100% on his own? Or are you playing into it at all and seeing the situation and being like, yeah, this is different, but this is why, you know, because it might be like, well, you know, I got one he-man toy but she got three barbies well he-man toy costs as much as three barbies but the kids see it as as numbers or she got a baby doll that was this big and i got my my figurine toy that was this big that's not fair you know but so kids see it one way but you see it as a parent and you take it and you you escalate it or you run it further i'm just wondering like is is that the case you know where it's really not that big of an issue maybe your kids are seeing it differently but in our own household we've had it where it's like well, how come he gets to stay up that late? How come this? How come that? Oh, to this day, and yes. kids compare All things the time. Mm-hmm. that they don't truly understand. You know, like, well, yeah, he's staying up that late because he's working on school assignment. Where you just got home, you had you had homework for thirty minutes, but he's been working on homework for six hours. You know, like they're they're comparing two totally different things because their minds don't understand it yet. So, again, I'm just speculating, but is could that be part of it, too? Yeah, and I do want to offer up a different perspective here because I don't think that fighting over the kids is worthy of so much strife in your marriage. Like, I don't think that this is worth the detriment of a marriage. Amen. Um, and so having said that... If you are beating a dead horse and he's just getting upset and you're upset and there's no resolution to this issue, you know, if Eric's perspective, if you bring that to the table and see what you can do with that in a conversation, but at some point, you know, you have to like stop the bleeding. And what I mean by that is boundaries. So if how he parent how your husband parents your son is forever upsetting 
then something's got to change to save the marriage because that is what needs to be saved, number one. So maybe what needs to happen is you take over disciplining your son and your husband as stepdad steps back and lets you handle it because you are the bio parent. And because obviously as you're writing this, you know, it's very like his and hers and that's fine. I'm not saying that's bad. I'm not saying that's wrong. It is what it is. It's a fact. And so if you are unhappy with how he treats your son, which would be very, very hard as a mom to feel that way. And your son's really upset with the treatment as well. And there's no resolution. Then try that. Try having the stepdad take a step back and just be more of a partner to you and less of a dad to your son, more of a friend to your son, less of that disciplinarian, like have like a little bit of role switching you know, you step up as the mom. Don't put all that on your husband's shoulders. If you're putting all that on your husband's shoulders and then being pissed at him for doing it, that is setting him up to fail. And that's not fair to anyone. And so I think that if something's not working, you have to try a new thing, you know, but just both, both of you being upset all day long about the same thing and having the same conversation and having the same argument and the same fight. And it just escalates, you know, and it doesn't help that your son's feeding your emotion here. It doesn't help that your son is sad and you're seeing that and you're defensive of him and protective of him, you know? So I would say maybe everyone takes a step right and you take a step up and the dynamics shift a little bit and see what happens. Just for a little bit, though, because you also have to remember at the end of this day, this is the only father figure in this kid's life. So be careful how far you shift if, if that is the route that you go. Because ultimately, this kid does need a dad. This kid does need guidance from a male figure. And will will so more as he gets older, as he gets into those teens, you know. But I think that that's right. As he gets older. Right. But a five-year-old little boy right. needs more nurture at this age. Like he, has he his won't own titty. need he won't need so much nurturing at fifteen. Right. But when little but, boys but are he, little but he also is gonna need more father figure at fifteen. Absolutely. Right. But I'm saying is what we have to do is stop the bleeding. Right. And because they won't make it till fifteen. Right. It I won't matter. I see what you're saying. <laughs> At I'm 15, just saying, dad might go, not even be in the picture. Right. I'm just saying, don't go so far right that you just cut him out to where it's like, only I discipline, only I do this. Well, I just only think, I like, teach, only I let's talk. discuss. Right. You know, like, why don't I take over discipline for this child for the time being? And if you have an issue, like, just like we, like we do in our home with our yeah. kids. You know? Mm-hmm. Where we default to one another, but we're a support. Like, I support what you, your rules. You're like my bra. Right. Very supportive. But you know what I mean? And so maybe things just have to shift a little bit that is comfortable to you and him. You know, and, you know, maybe just start out saying, hey, this isn't working. And I value our marriage over this fight. So let's figure out how to go about this a different way. And there is a, there's different ways. There's different level of involvement. You know, maybe he'll feel relieved that he's not having to, you know, there's, there's so much on this dad role, even in this letter. The only dad, his dad, you know, like, and I think that's important 
But that can be overwhelming to someone as well. It's a lot of pressure. And it's a lot of pressure to make someone feel something they don't. Like, you don't even know your husband's heart necessarily. Like, how does he really feel about having to be a dad to a kid? He might feel well, he signed not up like for that. that, you know? But quickly before we move on, also take your husband or your, sorry, your boyfriend into consideration here. And maybe those little backhanded comments, you oh, know. I keep saying husband. I'm sorry, boyfriend. We all know what you mean. You know what I mean. They're interchangeable. Um, but maybe those little backhanded comments are just being said out loud because he is he is struggling with your son being around too much. Not, and I'm not saying like in a full-time capacity, but when you guys are relaxing in the, in the evening and, um, you know, he wants to spend time with you, you know, maybe he needs more one-on-one one -on -one time with you. So maybe if you are seeing that, you know, maybe those comments aren't just solely directed at your son, but they're just a broad comment so you'll hear them. Maybe it's a cry for help, like, hey, look, I need more time. I'm not sure. I, I, I'm not even aware I need more time, but I need more time with you. And these are, and this is interfering. You know, I, I need more time. I need more yeah. connection. And it's just a cry for help with maybe without him even knowing that he's doing it in that capacity. Yeah. And so I, th I think you guys definitely need to think outside this box that you painted yourself in blaming the kid. And, you know, because he's blaming his his stepson for their problems. Right. And that's not fair. The stepson's just existing and not, you know, he's a kid. Titty you lover. guys are in. <laughs> he's a titty lover. You're a titty lover. So I have my own. Okay, so I think, and if you know, if you guys have any questions or situations you would like to hear us discuss, or you have feedback to something we're discussing, comment below on this YouTube video, um, write into us, we look at emails, we answer emails eventually, um, and Facebook messaging, our, our group on Facebook, our support group, is a great place to get feedback if you just want different perspectives. Who doesn't love different perspectives? You get you throw shit out a wall and you see what sticks, right? Like not everything is going to stick, but something might. And so I had, I had a neighbor of ours. I was searching about, well, I, one of my good friends had a neighbor throw shit at his house and write stuff on his walls. That's disgusting. It's terrible. He had a restraining order. Anyway, well, this isn't my neighbor, but my, I, when I lost my career and I was trying to talk to her about what I was going to do next, she told me, that I need to be talking to as many people as I could about this because you will get feedback, but something will stick. Like you might throw out 10 suggestions, but you might, the 11th one might be like, oh yeah, you know? And so same thing with like our support group. Um, I try to back off of it a little bit and let people answer because I feel like it's important to get other perspectives and other people's opinions and let that be heard because we don't know everything. You know, we're living this out just like you're living this out and it's really hard and we're figuring it out as we go. And it's much easier to be outside looking in too, right? Like we can sit here and spout shit all day because it ain't our shit. When it's our shit, we're sitting here like drowning in shit. And then, you know. And then we have the same problems as you guys do but worse because they're ours. <laughs> but also you've been a little slow to the emails because you've been a little preoccupied with some things. And I'm going to give you a little shameless no, plug. Uh, I'm giving you a shameless that's plug. That's not nasty. I, it is. It is. See J Julie's beautiful nails. Okay. She started. A that's new, fun. She, she got okay. involved in a new business. Well, tell us about him real quick. Cause it like, I feel like a lot of people on here, especially okay. during holidays so and COVID days and 
Like, just tell, tell us about this them really quick. This is a really shameless quick. plug for real. It's my plug, though, so it's not really a shameless plug for you because okay. I'm the one doing it. So tell us about them real fast. This is non-paid advertisement. Non-paid. Well, I... So to make extra money for our family right now, as I'm going to school, I'm going to school to be a health and life coach, FYI, and I'll be dual certified in that. That was a shameless plug. I know. I'm proud of it. I I think it has a lot of value. And I think that I'll be able to really help people, which is just my calling and purpose in life, but that doesn't pay bills. So in the meantime, I am trying to make a little extra money, especially for Christmas, um, selling Color Street. It, there are nail polish strips that come in all different. I don't know if you can see them, but they they're like they're a gray glitter. The ones I have on now, it's called Moon River. And they're, you know, it's, it's nail polish strips that are 100% nail polish. There are three layers, a clear coat. I'm sorry, a base coat, a color coat, and a top coat, 100% nail polish. And how they stick is actually really amazing because there's no adhesive. There's no, you know, no UV ray light. There's no weird anything about it. Um, The engineers, they make these strips. They let the top dry 100% and the bottom layer, the base coat, they seal at 90% dry. So the bottom coat's 90% dry, 10% tacky. The top coat's 100% dry. And that tackiness on the bottom coat, like real nail polish, is why it sticks to your nail. So there's no weird glue or anything. Um, so it's the healthiest option for your nails. Um, and the cheapest. And, and yeah. they have been lasting you weeks at a I time. I can get you were, two weeks out of mine. And then um, your nails grow out too long though, right? Yeah, my but nails grow But you were like super out. apprehensive about them at first. You were like, I don't know. Because it's almost like a sticker that you put on. Like you do it real quickly. And they only, they, versus going to a salon, which you can't even do right now unless you're. Not in California. A, a political leader in California. <laughs> Anywhere but California, you can go to a salon apparently. So. But they're way yeah. cheaper. They're, yeah. I mean, they range from $11 for us, for a pack to 14 um, and there's no dry time, you know, they're fun anyway. If you want more, I'm so sorry, you guys, that we're doing <laughs> this fault. right now. I, I sorry, I, I message me, it. email me if you want. I can send you a free sample, they're awesome. I'll mail you a free sample. Just um, hit me up on one of our social media platforms or email me or however you can get in contact with us and you want something, I'll mail you something. Um, you can shop too, I can send you a link if you're interested. Um, I have a Facebook group with VIP status, so you guys know everything. Okay, now you're just tooting your own horn. Well, <laughs> this is really cool because I get all, I know when things are going to go up, like new colors and shades and styles are coming out before anyone, and I let my VIP girls know, and I have specials. I have my own stock I keep in the house, and I sell, um, and I give gifts and giveaways and um, so that's fun. If you guys want to join my, my VIP, VIP Facebook group and you want to link to that, let me know. Um, but yeah, it, you know, I mean, thank you. It does help our family right now when I am jobless to have a little extra income during the holidays. So I'm not even sorry. I think I did put this out there on our Facebook page and I'm, I felt cringe. I, I was cringing when I did it, but then I'm like, you know what, if I'm not going to step up and try to help our family, then I'll have to. You'll have to. But <laughs> anyway, Color Street, nail polish strips, super fun, easy, come off with nail polish, remover. It's um, it's neat. 
I can send you an email and tell you all about it if you want. So, okay, moving on. Thanks, guys, for listening to that. <laughs> I'm cracking up over I, here. Well, I love them. That's They're why fun. I've never sold anything in my entire life. <laughs> and I love, like, Pampered Chef, you know, Sensi. Like, I've gone to all the but parties. But this is Cabby, what I, <laughs> We're still talking clothes. about this. I but know. But the fun thing about fun. this is that they're so cheap. It's one of those things you don't really have to ask your husband permission for. This is it's what under, his selling point it, is. <laughs> my selling point is if it's, like, under that... $30 threshold, 20, oh, it's 30 bucks. Tw- it was 20, 20. Now you moved it up to 30. And I'm like this day and age, 20 bucks. <laughs> you don't really have to ask for it, right? You're like, eh, 20 bucks. No one's going to miss that. Yeah. You know? So you, and it's under the $20 threshold. It's You're true. just like, eh, I'm going to try these out. And Julie gives them out for free. So I get free samples. Yeah. Oh <laughs> she gosh. gets you hooked. Well, I got hooked and then I believed in them because I just thought yeah. I don't want to go to a salon and, and I don't have her have free. The salon is a good experience and fine nails, but like it's hours out of your day and then you have to cash tip because they get, they get really fucking pissed. There she is, you guys. If you don't have cash for a tip and that always creates so much. I don't carry cash. I'm not a cash girl. So I just, you would think after how many, you 20 years of going to a nail salon, I would bring cash at some point. I never do. I always forget. They're always really pissed off. They sometimes will allow me to tip on a card. 90% of the time I'm running to the ATM to bring cash back because I won't just not tip. (laughs) It's just a thing. I'm like, you know what? I would love to just be home, be able to do my nails while I'm watching Netflix, drinking Stella Rosa, you know, or with friends. Like what a fun girls night. Everyone comes over and you're all just doing nails. We did that. I've done that. So fun. Anyway, back to, um, Blended life stuff. This isn't the Color Street podcast after all. Um, but email me. I will I will hook you up or message me, whatever. Um, when your spouse is more a friend than a parent to their child, should this be a red flag for having children of your own with them? We had a listener email us and she said, I'm struggling with my husband and my stepson. They are more friends than parent child. I do not believe this is a this is healthy at all. It's causing some anguish in our marriage. He doesn't discipline his son at all. They play video games all day and night and I'm feeling I didn't write Why this. Why are you making fun of us? <laughs> I have I to did. pay the bills sometimes. They play video games all day and night and I'm feeling like they wouldn't even notice if I was to leave. Is this normal for a dad and son? I don't have my own children yet, but we were wanting to start trying this month. Honestly, I don't want to have a baby with him if this is how he parents. I know most marriages parent differently, but I'm at a loss here. What are your thoughts? He doesn't care when you leave. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I just said that out loud. I'm sorry. Not really. Not really. Hey, listen. He connected with his son. He His son is the only thing that survived through the divorce, through the breakup, whatever it is. He connected. He held on. That's his lifeline to feeling normal and getting by in life. You guys having a kid together, having a yours baby, isn't going to be the same connection. It's not going to be the same um, I mean, I mean, it absolutely could be, but there's a good chance that 
it's going to click differently. It's going to it's going to change some things. Um, he's not going to just be playing video games and leave you to parent 100% alone. If he cares so much about his son right now, whether it's a boy or a girl, he's going to care so much about that boy or that girl who you are also going to care so much about and it's going to and it's going to be a different dynamic. I'm not saying it's going to change this dynamic with his son, but it's going to create another dynamic that you guys will share uniquely. What's that look for? I don't know if I just want to be quiet or input on this one. You can input. I really was not I was I was really considering not even like <laughs> Just writing back and not bringing this up. But I think it's an important topic because I think it's a lot of father-son relationships. I don't think it's abnormal. I think that it is really hard when there's three people in any situation, especially when you're not the bio parent. Because, you know, and I grew up in this situation. I grew up with a stepdad, a mom, and it was me. And it was the three of us. And, you know, either my stepdad was feeling left out or I was feeling left out as the kid. And my mom was always in the middle. And she had her own hell. Like, that was really hard. Um, because my stepdad and I never really had a father-daughter bond. So I always was just my mom you know, and I didn't, that's all I really wanted. And so I just think three is really hard. Um, it's a hard dynamic and it's a hard dynamic to when you are not the bio parent. So you're not equally invested and equally yoked and it's three. I think when you have your own child, it helps to have a distraction and helps to have something to put your energy into when you feel like you can't put it into your husband because he's preoccupied. You know, you can't put it into your stepson because your stepson doesn't want you. He wants your husband. And so you are the third wheel. You are orbiting around these two. And I think when you have your own child, like I'm very grateful that I have my own kids to focus on sometimes if I'm being honest. Um, I too feel like when my kids aren't here and it's the three of us, a lot like this. You know, I feel like some weeks I say, you know, and Eric has felt this way in return about me. So it's, it, we both feel like, like, like if his son walks through the door, I'm like, I'll see you in a week. You know, when my kids walk through the door, he's like, I'll see you in a couple days when they go back to their dad. And, weeks at this point, <laughs> you know, it's, and that's, that, that, that's kind of just how this goes a lot. Um, I don't think it's healthy for you to be friends over parent with your child until they're adults. I think that's the reward you get for parenting later on, but I don't think it's healthy. I don't think it's healthy boundaries. I don't think it's in the best interest of the kid. I think it's more self-serving to the parent. And I, and that's just my opinion from what I've learned in school, observed, witnessed, and even had in my own life. You know, it creates unhealthy attachments that are hard as you're an adult because relationships aren't like that when you're an adult, and that's what you want. 
And I don't know. So I feel this. I just think that I think that Eric's right. When you have an hour's baby, it's going to be different and it's going to be something to pour yourself into and you won't feel the deficit so much because you're just going to be busy. And I think that if your husband loves his son that much, that shows that he is willing to step in as a dad, you know, or be there. Like he's not going to go anywhere. He's not going to not pay attention to his child, you know, your child with him. But um, I don't know, like I've said on air a bunch of times, like I'm like I we can't have kids, him and I. Right. Like I've said that, like he doesn't want kids with me. I don't want kids with him. I want all the kids in the world. You don't want any kids with me. I never said that. (laughs) We've had this discussion. We agreed no more kids, but I'm grateful for that because we have such different parenting styles that I think we would just fight all the time and it's not worth it. I don't want to fight with him. I want to have a happy marriage. I don't want to fight over kids. I don't, I'm not interested in it. So I think that if the, the only red flag here, I think is not the necessarily the relationship between father, son. I think the red flag here is the parenting style. Like if he parents as a best friend and you're opposed to that, which I agree, I'm on that side of the fence then it would be hard to watch your husband parent your own child in a way that you completely didn't value and didn't agree with. That would create a lot of tension. But maybe his, maybe you have that talk like, Hey, what are your, like, what is his parenting style too? Like, how does he, he doesn't discipline? Well, do you, okay, fine. So if he doesn't discipline, are you okay with being the disciplinarian? If you know this about your husband, but also, I don't on know. The flip side of that, like by parenting, by being good friends, you know, um, at least I, I kind of parent that way a bit. But my kid, um, and I don't think it's because of necessarily who he is, but how he has learned, he is light years away from learning from other kids his age. The kid knows more, he can do more. Um, because he's learned from someone older who's taken time to show him different ways. And I'm just, I'm just talking about the other side of that coin here. You know, I mean, there, my son was welding at four years old. He can build motors. He can build computers. He can, you know, I mean, there's a lot that he can do that most kids his age don't even think about doing. I mean, he's, he's better. He's a better video editor than most professional video editors. You know, he can put out a video that people would be like, what? I had to literally prove for his fourth grade project that he was the one that shot, filmed, and edited his whole fourth grade project because it was like, wait, there's no way. So I had to have like BTS stuff. So there's there's behind the scene things that can happen that are like, well, this is kind of a blessing, you know, rather than dad always being at work and never working with, with your kids, You know, but there's also that fine line and that fine balance, you know, like you were talking about with discipline. Where's the discipline come in? How does it come in? And I've learned a lot of that from you. I'm like, you can't have just a full-blown friendship, video game playing relationship with zero discipline. Because at the end of the day, your kid won't know how to behave, won't know how to carry himself in age-appropriate or... um for lack of a better term, business appropriate situations. 
You know, there's there's times and places where we need to learn how to behave. You know, you go in for a job interview, you don't wear, you know, basketball shorts and a backwards hat. And, um, you know, you, you sit down at a dinner table, you don't have your hat on. You know, just, just manners, behaviors, um, there's a lot. So you got to have that, that fine balance. So maybe look at the whole picture. Um, that part of it's not on there. But is it just all friendship or is there some discipline? Is he, is he teaching him, you know, the life skills and life goals um, that most parents, you know, fathers should be teaching? Or is it just the fun side, which technically is Disneyland dad, you know? So there's, there's a lot more to that. But like we talked about, I think there's a lot um, more to be had with a, with a yours baby. Like Julie said, you're going to have a big piece of this. It's going to fill a void and and obviously that's not the reason why you would have your own kids to fill a void but there is going to be you're going to be part of that role regardless you know so yeah but I just I think it's a lot of hard conversations and you really you know I mean are you going to be fulfilled like I mean and what are really your options your options are have no yours kid is that going to make you happy in life are you going to feel fulfilled in this relationship with just you know or do you have a kid and take your chances because you know you don't have a crystal ball we don't either you don't know what's going to happen crystal balls (laughs) me too (laughs) um but you don't know what's going to happen I mean we can all sit here and spec you could sit there and speculate we could sit here and speculate how it's going to be when your baby arrives, but it could be something that nobody even came up with. You know, you just don't know. And if you're a religious woman, pray about it, you know, like just put some thought and prayer into it. Yeah. I mean, I think it's something that you can, you know, or what are you going to leave over this? Is this, is this a deal breaker for you? Um, And I think it helps to write down all of your, when you're feeling stuck it helps to write down all your options like and then and then really like talk yourself off a cliff like are you really going to divorce him over this no okay if you're not cross it off and move on and don't revisit it because it's a stupid game to play in your mind to keep working yourself up over something you're never going to leave over this isn't truly a deal breaker let it go accept it and focus on something else. You know, if it is a deal breaker, then that is something you have to talk to him about. And I would do that with all the options, you know, and if there's an option that you're like, yeah, that could work, then circle it and figure out how you can bend. You know, how can I compromise on this? Can I step in and discipline a little bit more here? You know, what can we compromise on? And I just think there's there's pragmatic ways to help yourself through these situations um, and talk yourself off cliffs. We, we get so upset about hypotheticals or so upset about things we're never really ever willing to face in the first place. And it's just wasted energy and wasted fights. How many fights do you have in your marriage that are that are wasted because it doesn't even go anywhere? I don't think it's productive. And sometimes there's wisdom in just letting go. I know they sing about it in that movie. Let it go. And then you pooped your pants. I don't think I ever saw that movie. Is that weird? What oh is that, Frozen? Gosh. I never saw Frozen. We'll watch it. No, we won't. It's really good. I'm going to be playing there's video Frozen games. There's Frozen 2. Is there a Frozen 3? I couldn't tell you. 
Is there three? I think there might be. No, two. I don't know. I don't remember now. I've seen them all. I just don't know how many I've seen. Moving on. That's obscene. All right. Should non-custodial parents help pay for big ticket items for their kids, like cars, college, et cetera, when they are also paying child support? So this is from a Facebook message. Um, and she says, um, I found you a month ago, and I'm I'm trying to catch up because I started from your first podcast. Welcome. Welcome. Um, blended family life is very difficult and I feel so, I feel so alone or like we're the only ones with these issues. Believe me, welcome to our family. (laughs) Um, you guys remind me a lot of me and my hubby. I have three kids from my ex-husband and he has one. He gets along with his ex for the most part, mostly because he just doesn't want to deal with her. (laughs) I get it. Me and my ex-husband, not so much. I get it. Um, he wants everything to be his idea or it's not a good idea. I get it. I get it. Uh, if I say the sky is blue, he will disagree. I get mm-hmm. it. I lived with that. So I have a question for you. My kids are 18, 13, 12. My oldest son just started college. This is my 13 year old will be taking and my 13 year old will be taking driver's ed this summer. You get it. Hmm, 13 taking driver's ed. Oh, yeah, that's early. Interesting. Your son literally just got his driver's ed certificate in the mail today. He's 15. I know, very exciting. So now he gets to do driver's training. Okay, I bought our first son's car for around $3,200. I just asked him the other day if he was willing to help buy our next child's car. This is, oh, she's asking her ex. Yeah. Um, And he responded with, no, I can't afford to give you money for a car. Now that our son is 18 and is supposed to drop off, but South Dakota says otherwise, you're still getting $15,000 a year, so I'm not helping you buy a car for our son. That's why I pay child support. What are your thoughts on non-custodial parents helping pay for big ticket items like cars? I have full custody and get to get child support, but I also have several expenses raising our three children. My child support didn't change when our oldest son turned 18, but I do still pay for his car insurance, cell phone, and help him with groceries, etc. while going to college. He also works over 25 hours a week while attending college full time. That's a lot. Yeah, it's a big load. I wouldn't help him if he wasn't putting his own effort in it as well. My ex-husband wouldn't even do a graduation party together for our son, so I doubt he will with either of the our other two kids. I feel like cars, graduations, big expenses like these are above and beyond the obligated support. Kicking myself for not looking further ahead and including these types of things in our divorce decree. You know what? I have to agree with her and commend her. Like, she's... She's stepping up. She sounds a lot like you, like she said. Like, like this is where you go above and beyond. Now, you guys aren't dealing with the whole child support thing. I deal with the child support thing. And I'm in her shoes when it's, like, time to go, you know, step up and do. Um, my ex has been a lot better as the years have gone on with doing that, too, where it's like, all right, our first, you know, our daughter, our oldest, started driving. I threw in money. She threw in money. We helped her. 
Um, but I feel like you can relate more to this, you know, where your ex isn't paying child support, but it's like, if it's extra, leave me out of it. I don't want anything to do with it. But you're like, look, this is an essential thing. Like having a car, you know, having groceries, insurance, these are above and beyond things. These aren't child support issues. Child support is maybe the groceries, but child support isn't getting your kid their car. That's a luxury item. That's not what the state's looking at when they're like, hey, you need to pay child support. No, it's looking at you need to clothe these kids. You need to bathe these kids. You need it's to feed like these kids. It's like necessities. It's all the necessity yeah. stuff. So having a car, even though we, you know, we all take them for granted, is a luxury. If you have multiple vehicles in your house, it's a luxury. You know, it's literally why you get a luxury tax for owning a boat. It's a luxury. You know, you go to any lake house. Mm-hmm. Everyone has a boat, but it's it's not a necessity. Well, and neither are graduation parties as well. Right. Graduation parties are a luxury. Right. College, what do you think about that? Um, <laughs> depends on what party you're talking to. No, I mean... It, I mean, is co- college a luxury or is that something that is... I mean, technically. Technically, it is a luxury. And everyone can argue it from both sides. But is it a necessity to get by in life? Absolutely not. It is a luxury to go that step further in life, you know? Is Louis Vuitton a luxury or is it a necessity? Necessity, no. I'm just kidding. But you know what I'm saying? I'm it's it's a different it's a different it's a different step for things, you know? So um and I'm only putting that out. I'm only putting it like that because you can compare it. Like if you need an education to go work at Walmart, they're going to give you the course that you need to work at Walmart. But you're like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I want to do more with my life. I want to work at Edward Jones and be an accountant. Well, you need different schooling in order to take that next step. Mm-hmm. Right? So technically it's a luxury. And if it was a necessity, then we would all have it for free. Yeah. Or not for free. But you know what I mean? It's not a necessity to live. You know, people are living just as well as people with and without college. Yeah. I know. I feel like my ex and I have kind of shifted. We're like do-si-doing right now. Because in the beginning, I out-earned him. And therefore, I paid everything for the kids. And that's what's in our divorce or our custody agreement, whatever, divorce decree. Um, Because we, you know, there was no child support. Instead, in lieu of child support, I put in there that I would cover everything for the kids because I earned a great living and I could and I was happy to. Me being able to provide 100% for the kids was a badge of honor. And I really felt good that I could do that and happy. You know, I, I didn't want anything from but him. But that almost backfired on you because. Totally did. Yeah. And tell us yeah. a little about that. Well, I think it was great. And, you know, so I was reminded a bunch that that's in the divorce paper, you know, decree if I ever went to him for half of anything. Anything. Um, Or, you know, he couldn't afford it. Um, and it's interesting now that I have lost my income and now shoes on the other foot and it, our divorce decree hasn't changed. I'm still on the hook, right? For everything. But now I can genuinely tell him like, I'm 
part of me is super grateful right now that everything shut down in the sense that there are no extracurricular activities yeah, to pay for. I was for. actually about to ask that. <laughs> Even though it's shifted, has mm-hmm. it actually shifted? Has he started paying for things for the kids? Because I'm like, I personally don't. Well, there's nothing to pay for any. right now. Right. For the kids. Okay. So it hasn't technically shifted. There because this happened during COVID shutdown where I now have no income. I think my inclination from what my kids say and from how he's acting is that he will step in. He will step up for what he wants to step up for. But that's always been the case. So like if he doesn't agree with dance, he's probably not going to pay for dance. And if I can't afford it, then my daughter is never going to dance again. Um, but, you know, <laughs> at least not for the right reasons. <laughs> but but, you know, for me, for right now, like it is something that I don't feel bad saying I can't afford it right now. And that's the truth, you know. So even though it's in our divorcing that I pay for everything, if I have no income to pay for it or I'm on unemployment or whatever, that's just kind of is what it is. And it puts him in a position that he either needs to step up or shut up. And I feel like that's always how I've had to live my life financially with my kids I either have to step up or shut up like I don't get the luxury of asking him to help with anything um but that's anyway that's just my specific situation but I think that I think that as we get I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say he'll step up a little bit more I don't know about the car thing that's coming swift and fast and furious and um I mean I haven't approached the subject with my ex yet I don't necessarily think that it's hard to put things financially into custody agreements because you don't know. And I'm a prime example of like, I never in a million years thought that I would lose my career and my security and my, my, what I thought was going to be a forever job and business. So now, even if it was in there and I can't afford it, what are you going to do? You know? Well, so, technically what you could do is revisit. Nobody wants to revisit. Courts. Yeah. That. So that's, but I mean, that is what technically yeah. what you, you could do in your situation. hundred percent. We're talking about Julie right now. If oh. you wanted to revisit court right now, you could, you hundred percent could, uh-huh. you could get child support. Like all of that could. Now I know that's not something you want to do. I know that's not something we so need not to do. Interested. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But I'm saying if if it comes down to life or death, if it comes down to needs, wants, luxuries. Yeah. Like Well, and listen, like I know I know I know who my ex is and he has enough pride that he won't let my kids go without like clo- like bare necessities. Like it would be a bad reflection on him. So I don't think I, I I think he will step up and we will see what happens when things open up and I can't afford to step up like I've always done. Um, I, I don't know. It's unvent- it's uncharted territory. We've never gone here before and I don't know, but I don't know about putting, I mean, hindsight's 2020. Would you have put a, would, do you think that cars should be put in, in college I just kind of, I don't know what's wrong with parents. Like if you can afford to help regardless of what shit is in your divorce decree, like why do you not just want to help? 
Like if I could afford to help my kids go to college, all of our kids go to college, we will help our kids go to college. Right. Like if we can't draw blood from rock, so if we can't afford it, then we can't afford it. But I don't understand, I will never understand parents who withhold helping when they can from their kids, unless it's like to their detriment or it's like, you're not going to buy your kids cocaine because you can. Right. But you know what I'm saying? Like if your kid needs a car and you can help them out or they want to go to college and especially you have in a situation like this where they are going to college, they are working hours, you know? Yes. They, if you can help, do. why I don't, I don't, it is beyond my capacity to understand why parents wouldn't help when they can. And sometimes it's just to stick it to the other parent. But then is that being a good parent? Is that loving your kid? No. It's, it's wild to me. I think if parents can help, they should help for kids who are doing like going to college, trying to get to college and need a vehicle and they don't live nearby or whatever it is. Coming back to the subject, it's not about the child support. It's about, it's about the child, you know, which I also think child support is such an asinine thing, the way that it gets written out because for the longest time. I was sole provider. I was child support payer. I was, you know, most of the custody provide. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, but for what, you know? And then what the custody, like the way child support jumped from thing to thing, it was just like, it. none of it made sense. It's all, it's all crazy. So at the end of the day, if you guys are listening to this, it's about the child. It's not about the money. It's about what you can do, what you can do for your kid what you're willing to do. And if you can do something to help them, you know, not to the detriment of them, like Julie said, buying them cocaine, but, um, you know, if you can help them get through college, you know, have their own place, learn how it, it, it all takes steps. We didn't just move out on the first time we moved out and had a perfect career and, you know, had our, had our dream car and our dream house and we were married with wife and kids and children and you know what I mean? It all takes steps and it's our job as parents to help our kids take those steps. So regardless of what your paperwork says, whichever side you're on it, if you can help your kids, help them out. They're your kids. Yeah. I don't know if we answered your question. You can write me back more or we confused everyone. We have one more. We do? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I hide to. that. Then. You have to I hide it. Hear Put it. that button away. I didn't even hear it. All right. Last one. Okay, this is this is gonna go by pretty quickly, and that might be not so talking. awesome to her because she really wants specifics about dating. Right, well, with I'm gonna kids. give I don't ever date kids. It's not PC. All right, so here we go. I'm new to the splendid family life and I'm terrified. You should be. Yeah, have you seen us? We're train wrecks. Um, we haven't really brought our kids around each other yet, but we plan to in the new year. I know you have a YouTube episode on dating with children, but do you have anyone that goes into more detail? You mentioned sleepovers, playdates. What what are what are doing playdates slowly? We are doing playdates slowly, but the sleepovers. Do the kids just assume we're sleeping in the same room? Can you tell I'm freaked out? Make sure the kids go to bed first. Make sure the kids fall asleep first. And then the kids never think about it. Until they wake up and you guys come out of the same room? Well, either that or just wake wake up up earlier. 
Yeah, it's <laughs> going to be a sleepless night, if you know what I mean. Okay. No. Oh, okay. wait. <laughs> we finish. He's so excited. This is like the most exciting time in his life. Can you tell? He's so happy. I'm so happy. He loves dating with kids. Um, I told her, I asked her for more specific questions about, I wrote her back and was like, can you give me what you really want? Like, what are you looking for here? Did you say, so tell me what you want, what you really, really want? I did. She said, what I really, really want is, she said, our schedules are the same. So we've been spending every day, every other week with each other without our kids for a hot minute. He gets his kids every other weekend, same weekend as me. I've started bringing him around my son off and on the weeks I have him. We will every once in a while have a casual play date in the park with our kids, but nothing more than that. We've talked about moving in as our relationship is ready for it, but our kids are obviously not as we are basically non-existent people to them. I know we need to do more play dates, but is dinner together too much? The sleepovers thing, where are the parents sleeping? (laughs) Do we have a conversation with them about us dating or is that too much for them to process? The kids ages are seven, four and three. They're really, really young. Yeah, that's too, me personally, I'm like, that's too young to have that conversation with. At that age though, make this fun. I'm like, what age? Do a sleepover, like build a fort in the living room and all of you sleep in it, right? For like a first sleepover. She mentions dinners. I don't think it's too early for dinners. Start having dinners. Do do fun dinners, though. Like, go, you know, if you guys all like pizza, go to pizza. Well, let's just know? back up. Because if we're doing casual play dates and those are going well, move to dinners. Yeah. If casual play dates are a fucking nightmare, don't move to dinners. <laughs> dinners <laughs> in the go. home are going to be uh, hell. Right. So I would see, I mean, if play dates are going well... You know, make sure you're out doing fun things together where everyone has a chance to participate and be involved and having fun. Like, that's really good. Um, miniature but, golfing's fun. But like Going you're saying right now, Walks like taking, taking steps. It's all right to take steps. Feel it out. Do yes. it little by little. If it's going good, move on to the next step. Yeah. But don't don't shock the family. Don't have a sleepover the very first time when you guys have never had dinner together. Take the right steps, you know, have some dinners together, hang out, take those play dates, hang out longer after the play date. Like, all right, we just had this play date. It was a lot of fun at the park. Let's all go get lunch, you know, and, and spend, start upping the increments. And I'm not talking about over the next week. I'm talking about over the next couple of months, you guys are ready to move in together. That's awesome. But you guys have kids involved. And this is the difference between dating when you're blending a family and dating in real life. I mean, you guys could have hit it off after a month and been like, hey, we love each other or a week and been like, we're moving in together. We're getting married. Like, cool. No other lives to worry about at that point. But you guys have these little lives. And, and I'm, we're talking little lives. What, the oldest one was seven? Mm-hmm. You know, like that's a that's a time where the, she's starting to. Yeah. But the good thing about these ages is that they're a lot more pliable. The totally younger are. the kids are, the more pliable and adaptable they will be. It gets harder the older the kids are. And, and I think that... the kids get that, harder. The kids yes. will become unbearable. Right. So, and I think everyone's pace between these steps from like casual play dates to family fun nights to dinners in the home to sleepovers to a full weekend together, maybe a trip together. Um, take a trip with them before you move in. <laughs> 
I totally think before you get married or you move in, you all need a family vacation together because we would not be married. I'm just kidding. No, she's not. I'm not. There's truth in everything. But uh, but here's the deal. I think that when you're talking about how fast things move or pace, I think kids kind of set the tone for this because if things keep just or if things progress naturally and easy, then you'll move faster than if things are like if kids are throwing fits or acting out or commanding all the attention or baby talking or, you know, you'll notice if the kids are struggling, then it needs to be a slower pace. And you will, because kids, kids have the ability to make or break a marriage or a relationship before it's even a marriage. Um, and that matters. Like you, you don't, you, you want to take it slow enough and respectfully enough where the kids can adapt and accept and not be alarmed. But if they are acting out, um, you can't also let the kids rule the roost and dictate your life. But it's that, that's, that's a whole nother topic we'll talk about later. But to answer your question, you know, dinner's not too much if play dates are going well. And that's progressing nice and easy and the kids are getting along and everyone's having fun together. Have dinner. But don't have your first dinner the same night that you have your first sleepover. And like I, you That's know. true. You want to like take it one at have a time. A few, yeah. Have a few family dinners together, you know, and make it so the kids are like, hey, let's all have, you know, you want it well, to be like a thing where they're wanting it. That's why I mentioned, you know, what, the first time you guys have your sleepover, don't segregate you guys, you know, build a big, a big fort. And have fun. Yeah, have all, sex in the bathroom in the morning. Oh, my gosh. You guys all, like, you know, everyone just fall asleep watching a movie in the fort. Oh. You know, like, have have fun. Make everyone a part of it. Yeah. And that way they feel, they feel it all coming together. And you guys all kind of bond together, you know, except for in the morning in the bathroom. Um, but you know what I mean? It kind of brings everyone together versus yeah. segregating the kids and the parents. And then it feels, you know, forced. and it, Or it might not, but... At least if you guys can do things together, have dinners together, you know, that everyone kind of likes, the the more you can create a fun, easygoing atmosphere, mm-hmm. the better it's going to flow. You know? Yeah. No, I totally agree with that. But there will come the time, and I can relate to this, like there does come, you can't do that forever. Of course The family not. four isn't going to happen. So you there is to, that bro, just first a little bit, time, though. though. Mm-hmm. That's awkward. I'm trying to remember back, like the first time you do spend the night together away from the kids. I don't know if you'll need to have a conversation about it if it just things can go naturally. I don't think you should create issues with kids unless they're there. Unless the kids create the issues and... and, and, and Like if they bring it to you, address it. But I wouldn't be like, okay, we're going to be in this room. You guys, you know, like don't create issues where there's none. Don't put ideas in kids heads that they may not even have well you yeah know? also too if the kids are just older than they are you know say your kids are watching friends at seven years old and they're like well did you guys have sex that's not a question that you need to answer your seven-year-old you know like the, it doesn't it he, <laughs> why are you laughing it, it's one of those things like you know you guys you guys rule the land rule it how you want uh, but don't forget that while while you're doing this, don't just appease the kids and answer their questions and give them everything they want just in order to get what you want. Otherwise, the kids are going to take over. 
So have fun with them. Have the sleepovers, you know, do the pizza parties, stay up late watching movies. But Mm -hmm. also remember that you guys are the parents. So you still have to set guidelines while having this fun. Mm -hmm. And that'll structure you guys properly. Totally. And I want to throw a different way of doing things out there because I, I know of families who have moved in together, but they value the commitment of marriage. So they, they cohabitate, but the parents do have different rooms until marriage. Mm. You know, like they all live together, they do life together, but they're teaching their kids that marriage is a big deal and you don't share a room or a bed. Uh, so are they until, lying to the kids? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not in there watching. I'm but I'm saying that there's, you can, blended families don't fit into a box. Okay. So. You have to discuss with your boyfriend what that what are your values? What do you want to teach the kids? And that looks different for everyone. And there's no it, it has to be right for you guys. So all I'm just I'm presenting this way just to make you realize, hey, oh, we can make our own rules and 100%. we can you know, we can move in together, but maybe we do have different bedrooms if we want to teach our kids something about marriage. There's, there's a ton, there's, there's more than one way, or we just don't move in together until marriage, or we, we sleep together when the kids aren't home. When we have the kids, we figure something else out. I don't know. Like it, you know, or when you have your first sleepover, maybe you two do sleep. Maybe you sleep on the couch. Maybe you don't share a bed. If that's something that makes you uncomfortable, don't, why should you be uncomfortable? Right. There's, it's not necessary to be uncomfortable. If you feel like something's wrong, it's wrong. Don't do it. You know, sleep on the couch. There, there's just other ways besides having to, you know, like what we all think is, and that is what blended family is, is trying to figure out what fits your life best. Couldn't have said it better myself, dear. Color street nails. <laughs> If you guys are interested, hit her up. (laughs) Thank you guys for sharing this time with us. Our blended family to your blended family. Helping you blended families blend our families. We're all blended. All my words are blended now. We're just blending families and you are dancing. You guys are listening to this. She is dancing and... He loves my dancing. I'm turning Not off at all. the podcast now. Follow us on all the social medias, you guys. Drop a like I on this. I tried to give him a lap dance and he Subscri- laughed at me. You were in sweats dancing <laughs> like a buffoon. It was... And the kids were like standing by watching, throwing bananas at you. Anyways, you guys, we're The Blended Life and we'll see you live again next Thursday. Bye, guys. S- bye. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? The things I want to say.